What's up, everybody? You are tuned into the My Mike and I podcast. I am your humble host, Noah Alvarez, and boom, episode 69, just like that. What a milestone, what an accomplishment, what a number. (laughs) Now, but on a serious note, thanks to everyone who's tuning into the show. Shout out to Generic Sports, who produced the instrumental playing in the background. You can check out more of his work on SoundCloud, Twitter, and Instagram. Search Generic Sports. Also, shout out to the homie Vince. He designed the current and the previous logo of the show, and he's helping in other areas too as far as promotion and marketing, so big thanks to him. Well, folks, it's official. My life is crazy. Whew. I realized that in the past week I've had such a such a wild roller coaster of a life with so many damn stories to tell my future children and grandchildren. It's nuts, but um, you know, as I take a deep breath, I know everything happens for a reason. That being said, do want to apologize for the lack of activity and promotion this past week, the week of August 30th. I was juggling a lot of things and Unfortunately, I wasn't able to post the podcast as soon as I'd like to, and I didn't get to promote previous podcasts as as I'd like to as well. But I wanted to thank y'all for your patience and sticking it out with me. This is exactly why I don't have a a set day of the week when I release the show, just because life, especially my life, can be really hectic and unpredictable at times. Also, just to kind of break down what happened this past week on Sunday, August 25th, I had celebrated my birthday. Really, the entire week before that was, uh, you know, a celebration. Different family members were taking me out for dinner or something of that nature. Girlfriend, you know, other friends, that kind of stuff. Uh, Saturday, I finally watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But immediately after, I spent the next few hours covering the Andrew Luck news for the Ball Out Media. You should definitely go check that out. Then Sunday morning, I had to record a little video, kind of like a reaction video to the breaking news for them as well. And... It was just only a five minute video, but I didn't realize how hard it would be to talk for five minutes straight on a particular subject by yourself. Like I had Rowan all my notes down, I had like all these cool stats, but obviously it's almost impossible to, you know, rem- like remember five minutes worth of things in, you know, let's, I don't you know, I probably wrote it down and studied it for about 30 minutes to 30 to 45 minutes. But it's really, really, really hard to be talking for something like that long and without being able to play it off someone and get someone else's opinion just by yourself for five minutes. But yeah, definitely go check out that video. It is up on uh, the Ball Outs Facebook page. Props to the Stephen A. Smiths and Colin Cowherds of the world, all the all the solo radio hosts and all those guys who do that. Man, that's, that is not an easy job. Then later on Sunday, I spent time with my extended family too. My mom's side had a little comida. Uh, my grandma made her world famous enchiladas, uh, cheese enchiladas, and I know what you're thinking. Noah, what the fuck? Cheese enchiladas? Those are nothing special. Trust me, my grandma's cheese enchiladas will change your life. Guarantee you. <laughs> and, and so anyways, that was it was nice. It was very calming. Um, you know, a little handful of my extended family showed up. And then on Sunday night, really didn't want to do anything either, but my girlfriend kind of talked me into, you know, I, I did want to do something deep down, but I guess, you know, because I was kind of bummed about my current situation, I I tend to do that where I don't want to do anything, man. Uh, my birthday is just another day to me. I'm not a big like, oh, it's my birthday. We got to do something big. Um, I, I've always been like that my entire life. But my girlfriend talked me into going to an escape room on Sunday evening with her and her cousins and their boyfriends and, you know, I'm pretty close with them over the past you know, year or so. We've developed a pretty tight bond. And oh my God, the escape room was so much fun, yo. I'd, I had never really, I had never been to an escape room before Sunday. And I remember hearing about escape rooms when I was in college at Sacramento State. There was a group of friends that would go to different escape rooms. And I was like, what's an escape room? I honestly thought an escape room was more like, kind of like an obstacle course. Because I dress in my, you know, like my Under Armour workout shirt and, and some dry fit shorts. And, you know, I mean, I was like ready to like, you know, run and crawl if I needed to. I was going to be like, you know, the more, the more, I'm probably the more athletic one of the group. I, I want to say probably. I'm definitely the more athletic one of the group. And uh, so I was just ready to be like jumping over shit and pushing shit. And that turns out to be not what an escape room is. 
it's a lot of clues. It's a lot of thinking outside the box, solving one thing to help you get to another thing. Um, and, and yeah, they have fun scenarios too for you. So it makes it, you know, as realistic as possible as you as you can in, you know, a little room setting like that. But it's a lot of fun. Definitely recommend an escape room if you've never been. And then kind of when Monday hit, it was just boom, one thing right after another, one thing right after another, nonstop, you know. The 24-hour finish job has been really cool for me. I like being able to set my schedule. I really like being able to help people, you know, achieve their fitness goals or help them achieve their fitness goals, teach them new workouts, that kind of thing. I have, you know, a handful of clients right now, and it's it's been a lot of fun just connecting with them and interacting with them. But it, for sure, you know, I'm going in at, you know, 7, 8, maybe 9 in the morning on some days. Um, and then, you know, coming out, <laughs> on Tuesday night, I was there till 11 p.m. Obviously, I'm not there straight. I'm not clocked in for that whole entire time. Uh, I, they do allow me to take like a lunch break in the middle, especially during the middle of the day when, you know, things are slow. That's when I go ahead and take my lunch break. And then two, also this week, I started work for the Boys and Girls Club and my internship at Fullerton College. So <clears throat> on, on Monday, you know, we went to like a little, I went to a little training thing training gig with the boys and girls club because their school started officially on wednesday and you know we had to prepare, prepare for that and then you know on tuesday tuesday afternoon i went to fullerton college kind of got used to you know basically got the rundown of what my expectations for this football season are and you know how i'm going to be involved with the broadcasting and the tv aspect of it it's a lot of fun a lot of responsibility though <clears throat> and it seems like i have not that much time right now so i'm definitely gonna have to set aside some things, take away some things, and maybe postpone other things, and really just time management, man. Time management is so key, and it's going to be very key for me going forward in this football season. Luckily, that's a, a trait I've always had or considered myself to be pretty proficient at, just because my mom had very good time management skills, and then in college, I had to really learn time management skills too, because I was doing the radio and the newspaper and playing baseball and juggling the classes, and so on and so forth. So... You know, definitely got to manage my time a little bit better this fall. And it was just a busy week. So, you know, Tuesday I started the, the college internship. Wednesday, again, work in the morning, 24-hour uh, fitness. Also, what added to the headache this week, my car. My car, I love my car. I drive a 2004 Ford Mustang, uh, for those of you who don't know. And that was my favorite car as a child. So I love this car. It's, it's red. I'm not really a fan of the red color, but it does stand out. It's a very clean red, um, but it's been giving me a huge headache this past two and a half, three weeks, just because it was doing great. I bought it really low mileage, around 53,000 miles when I had bought it for 2004. That's pretty incredible. Uh, really good condition. <clears throat> but these past two weeks, I've had more problems than I ever had with that car before. The, uh, the alternator went out, and which I had thought was a battery. And, you know, so we were jumping the, the battery thinking it was, you know, just the battery problem. But it turns out to be the alternator. We go ahead and fix that. My cousin, shout out to my cousin Isaac, Isaac Ambrose, uh, great fucking dude. And we fixed the alternator on Tuesday. And then literally, like, as I'm driving it that next day, I noticed that, like, it, it's I really have to turn the steering wheel now. I'm like, what the fuck? Go check the power steering fluid. Boom, all the power steering fluid is gone. I'm just like, no way. Why is it all gone? And so I, I have some at home, pour a little bit into my power steering container, and then, you know, continue to drive because I just pulled over when I had checked. And, uh, well, I pulled over, stopped the car, that kind of stuff. But, you know, literally like 10 minutes later, I'm still struggling to turn the steering wheel on turns and stuff like that. I'm like, no way. Did Is there a leak or something? And I go check. Bam. The power steering fluid is gone. All the all the power steering fluid I just put in maybe 30 minutes ago, gone. Todo. And so it was, you know, kind of sad and, and definitely a bummer to see that. So because you know I just had fixed the alternator, so I'm like, okay, car is good and up and running again. Now the power steering and, and just you know before I move on from the power steering note, how the fuck did people drive like that? I mean to think there was a time in history where people you know everyone who drove a car was driving without power steering fluid it's it's freaking incredible like you know me i'm a person who likes to learn things and power steering was first invented by the chrysler corporation in 1951 and i'm sure not every car had it in the 51 i'm sure it took 
probably till the 60s and 70s to where like every car had you know power steering and power steering mechanisms and that kind of stuff but holy hell yo like it's it's fucking it's an arm workout just trying to make like a, you know uh to get to get in a parking spot or to turn because when you're going at a, at a pretty good comfortable speed it's easy you know just to kind of make a turn um not too hard but it's really hard when you're going you know the two five miles per hour in a neighborhood trying to park into the driveway or into a little parking spot at, in a parking structure that stuff is really hard i'm really good too at backing up into parking spots can't do that without power steering fluid because that's just whew, my forearms and shoulders have definitely felt it this week so yeah that's just kind of, i'm not trying to make excuses or anything just trying to fill you in on what happened this past week as to why i wasn't able to you know be as active on social media as far as you know promoting previous podcasts and also getting this podcast out sooner um you know hopefully by the time this episode comes out and you're listening to this my car is fixed or at least the power steering mechanism is fixed and then hopefully from there on out uh we can be in the clear for a little bit because i love my baby i love my ford mustang i hope it doesn't continue to give me problems because i do not want problems right now not not during the fall not during football season because it is football season and i'm excited going back to the busy week i had I was able to, for the Ball Out Media, I was able to cover a pairing dinner, the first time I had ever been to one of those, and it was kind of cool because as a kid, I always wanted to be a food critic, I told my mom that, I always thought, man, how freaking cool would it be just to go to different restaurants, try different foods, take pictures, that kind of stuff, and on Wednesday night, I got to experience that at a McCoblin, McAllen's public house in Brea, downtown Brea, really nice venue, and they did a whiskeys from around the world type pairing dinner. Um, I'm not a huge fan of whiskey, I'm gonna be honest, full disclaimer, but I you know, was able to sip, take a few sips of each whiskey and kind of stomach it and not show any faces because I didn't want to be rude or anything. Uh, but yeah, fake it till you make it, they say, right? <laughs> But no, nonetheless, man, the food was incredible because with each whiskey, each whiskey was from a different country and, and you can find out more about the story that I wrote on theballout.com. But yeah, each whiskey was paired with a different dish and oh my God, they were so amazing. Each serving was kind of tiny, but you're getting five different surveys and, and the fifth one was a dessert that was so freaking good. Just absolutely lovely. Great time Wednesday. Definitely had me feeling like it definitely uplifted me out of the dumps because I, I was definitely feeling like pretty down on myself and down on my luck the past week and a half or so but I was able to bounce back after Wednesday night really good day Thursday you know I had a 24-hour fitness in the morning also recorded a podcast early in the morning too that's going to come out next week so I'm always pl- trying to plan ahead really busy non-stop going after 24-hour fitness went to um actually went to go check out one of my former students football games a freshman football a lot of fun great to see some of those kids again playing football and still you know still doing the sport they love and i was able to help them grow at so that's always awesome was it and you know went back to work at 24 hour fitness at night again not saying all this just to make excuses but just kind of let you know what's going on because ideally i wanted to put this podcast out during the middle of the week but just things kept coming up one right after another i'm recording this friday afternoon right before i go into work and i had you know i was fortunate to have enough time to take in my car into the shop come back home get on my laptop you know edit the podcast record a little bit here of the intro and then finally head out to work hopefully you know things will go well things with my car will go better in the future and nonetheless like i said i just gotta prioritize things better so i appreciate you guys sticking with me having the patience and i thank you all for listening really do because without you guys i wouldn't be here i love this podcast i love having the different guests on but granted if no one was listening i'd be kind of like discouraged to do so so hearing the feedback seeing the ratings and reviews it's awesome seeing the comments on twitter nonetheless it's it's great Speaking of Twitter, follow me on my social medias. Twitter, you can follow me at underscore Noah Alvarez. Also on Instagram, Noha underscore Alvarez. I also made a Instagram page for the Mike and I podcast. It's my period Mike and period I. Go follow that. I like to promote the podcast on that one as well. Do a little bit more other other promotions as far as not blowing up my personal IG page, that kind of stuff. Okay, I know I've been talking for a while. So I'll try to make this as quick as possible. But a reminder, the, my Mike and I podcast is available on all platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, and you name it, every other platform you could think of. Also, we are a part of the Big Heads Podcast Network, and they are home to many great podcasts, including the Body Count Podcast. We're going to be right back after a quick commercial explaining more on the show.
While you may think that history is, eh, vaguely interesting, the truth is it's fun and metal AF. Echoes of the past are still reverberating through our world today, and Body Count is here to show you how our shared history affects your life on the daily. Whether you know it or not. So, are you past the point of higher education? Feel like you didn't learn anything from your high school history teacher? Or just didn't give a flying crap about it? Are you tired of always missing out on the yellow history pie piece and trivial pursuit? Are you the horror of all your friends' game nights? Did you once proudly announce that Napoleon Bonaparte was a super short little nutsack? When in reality, he was an average-sized nutsack. Have you been thinking about living under a faulty dam? Or perhaps an active volcano? Well, we have good news. It's not too late for you or your homeowner's insurance. Come on over and listen to Body Count, the podcast that explores death and disaster through the ages with only one rule. Someone, or usually a lot of someone's, dies. Because history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. A proud member of the MSE Podcast Network. Boom, Noah Alvarez back in action. And on this week's episode of the My Mike and I podcast, episode 69, I bring on my fellow movie friend, Knife. We talk about Spider-Man leaving the Marvel Comics universe. If you haven't heard, Sony and Disney are negotiating the rights to Spider-Man. And technically, as of right now, Sony has the rights to Spider-Man. Knife breaks it down a little bit more for those of you who are interested in that. We also talk about the new live-action Lion King that just came out about a month ago. A lot of fun this conversation is. So definitely hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, enjoy the conversation with Knife and I. So Spider-Man, leaving Marvel Comic Universe, obviously created a lot of buzz on social media. How did you feel about it when you heard the news? I was pissed. (laughs) No, it's funny as I actually heard it from one of my cousins and she knows nothing about comics. So when she sent this, it was like a BuzzFeed article. I'm just like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's probably like fake news circulating. I was like, but why would BuzzFeed post it today? So I kind of just like search on my explore page. I kind of refresh it a couple of times. And then I see a couple of major like um, major sites posting about it. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was like, okay, what the heck is happening? Uh, and what's funny is everyone, including myself, we were just kind of blaming Sony at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what the hell, Sony? Like, boycott Sony is like one of the trending <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, hashtags right that. now. Um, but I remember seeing that. I'm just like, damn you, Sony. You did this again. <laughs> you did it again, man. Uh <laughs> kind of like in Grand Theft Auto where he's like, gosh, it, ah, here we go here again. We go again. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly how I felt. Um, <laughs> but it took some time to kind of like let it marinate. Um, obviously, there's always going to be two sides of a story. So mm-hmm. I kind of just wanted to read an like, authentic article. And it wasn't until a couple of verified pages like posted like the complete article where I saw it was both parties' faults and... It kind of makes sense why things left the way they are, mm-hmm. and they're they're technically on a pause right now. Mm. So there is some hope that they're gonna like resume negotiations okay. again. But I remember just reading him like I, I was going completely against Sony. Now I'm just like, you know what? Sony has a point. Yeah, <laughs> Sony has a point in this. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm 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 blaming equally like both sides both sides of the story. So. What is, for like those people who don't know about like Sony's argument, what is their like side of the story? So Sony, back when Marvel was going bankrupt, uh, mm-hmm. bought the rights of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So they were the ones who produced like the trilogy with uh, Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. uh, the two amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. and they still hold the rights to Spider-Man. So technically, as Spider-Man was introduced to the MCU in, three years ago in uh, Civil War, mm-hmm. Sony was going half half with Marvel on those, so Sony and Marvel's uh, their agreement on this was Sony keeps fifty, uh, not even fifty. It was like ninety five percent of the movie uh, profits, oh, okay. but Marvel gets all of the merchandising, the toys, all that hundred uh, percent of the profits on that. Okay. So lately, just this past couple of days. 
Marvel want Marvel slash Disney wanted to do 50-50 on the profits. Mm. So Sony's like, <laughs> it, it sounds, I mean, from an outside perspective, you're like, yeah, that's completely fair. But when you read up, like, Disney's getting the merchandising, they're getting all these other benefits right. and uh, profits. Like, it can't, you kind of see why Sony's, like, being the way they are. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, a lot of people don't think so, but in my opinion, I think Sony's, like, in control of the situation. Yeah. Just because Spider-Man's in the MCU, and Kevin Feige's a huge guy about listening to the fans. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, Kevin Feige's going to fight hard to get Spider-Man back. Right. But Sony's in control. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you guys going to do? They have all the leverage. Exactly. Yeah. What are you guys going to do? Like, they can completely scrap up those movies and just put them with Venom. Dang. which Which is a cool thing. Yeah. But at that cost, you're costing, like, Spider-Man with Deadpool, Fantastic Four, X-Men, mm-hmm. all those potential, like, movies. Crossovers, yeah. So... I think Sony's in complete control, um, just because as great and huge Disney and Marvel are, mm-hmm. they can't really do much about it without getting backlash from the fans. Mm-hmm. Have they announced already like when they're going to make the next Spider-Man movie? Because I know Far From Home was just released earlier this year, yeah. did pretty well. I liked it, mm-hmm. um, but you know, like it would obviously just because after an Endgame mm-hmm. and then Far From Home, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Spider-Man is the new. You know what I mean? He's like yeah. the new superhero that he can't no longer be the neighborhood, you know, yeah. Spider-Man. He has to kind of step up. Mm-hmm. So what, it, what would it kind of mean if, like, let's say Sony and Marvel can't work anything out, and then, you know, that next Marvel movie comes out, or that next Spider-Man movie comes out? Like, what what could we potentially be seeing? So that's kind of funny, too, because <laughs> Sony wants no correlation or no um, hints of Marvel in the movies, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because Homecoming and Far From Home is right. about, like, Tony Stark's, like, yeah. legacy, too. So, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to bring back Uncle Ben, yeah, Sean dying again. Right? <laughs> Dude's always dying, so it's like, <laughs> I don't know if Sony wants to go that route, but I do know, since they want to keep Tom Holland for two more movies, along mm-hmm. with the director, John Watts, um... I think they do want a potential crossover with Venom. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as a Spider-Man fan, I'm going to be excited for that just because it's Spider-Man, Venom, mm-hmm. uh, potentially Carnage, too. Cause, um, you saw it at the end of yeah, Venom, right? You, yeah, you see that in the end, right? So that's kind of exciting, but at the same time, it's... Why can't we have both? Right. Because <laughs> like, I want to see him interact with Deadpool, right? Mm-hmm. I want to see, inter- see him interact with like the other Avengers and stuff, mm-hmm. so... At that point, I think Sony wants to do something with Venom related just because they know crossovers are what's uh, raking in the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel wise, I'm not tripping if I'm Marvel. Yeah. Because <laughs> as great as Spider Man is, you have Black Panther still. You have the mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, um, Captain Marvel, even though she's not like at everyone's highest yeah, list. Yeah, <laughs> uh, She's still, like, a new up-and-coming hero. Right, there's still a lot of movies that could be made. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced, like, their lineup in Comic-Con 2. Oh, okay. So, Doctor Strange and um, Ooh, Scarlet yes. Witch. That movie's the first MCU-rated R... Uh, or, no, not rated R, but it's the first horror movie. Mm. So that's going to be really it's exciting. Be a little dark. Exactly. So okay. it's going to be exciting to see, because it's about multiverses and stuff, mm-hmm. so... We could potentially see some key characters uh, reoccur- reoccurring. Other than that, I'm not sure where Sony would want to go after those two movies. Marvel, like I said, they got they got plenty of Avengers still yeah. to show. They got the bigger picture, right? Exactly. Like they have the bigger plan, and they can yeah. for sure go longer. But definitely, it's a missing piece of the puzzle with Spider Man because he was exactly. involved. Yeah, because the biggest thing for Spider Man was he was exactly in the middle where he can go with the young Avengers or mm-hmm. he can go with the regular Avengers. Right. So, an event, uh, and Marvel wants to release a young Avengers movie with like Iron Lad, uh, oh, okay. potentially like Shuri, like those types of, or even Cassie Lang and those mm-hmm. like other uh, young characters. So Spider-Man fits that perfectly just because he could be in either or. Mm. Um, kind of like a Teen Titans. Exactly, kind of okay, like yeah. a cyborg where he can be like yeah. in the teens or Justice League. Uh-huh. But since Spider Man, if Spider Man can't be in those movies, just kind of like a, it's like an elephant in the room. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like, how, how are you going to for- talk about this? How do you forget about this? Right? <laughs> exactly, it's like yeah. how are you going to talk about it? Uh huh. Especially because like Tony Stark's no longer in the, yeah. the universe right mm-hmm. now, so you know he was supposed to fill that hole. 
I also saw some memes like on Twitter, just like, what does this mean for uh, Aunt May and exactly. Happy's relationship? Yeah, exactly. Because you know I mean? they were kind of hitting it off. <laughs> I saw like this really bad, uh, really bad meme where it's like Happy Hogan goes to Sad Hogan just because like he's missing Tony, he's missing yeah. Spidey now. I was like, what's he gonna do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, man, it's gonna be interesting just because there's so many different options for Marvel, but like Sony has just kind of limited. Mm-hmm. options on that but they're in the driver's seat <laughs> yeah they have all the leverage huh mm-hmm. so did you watch far from home how'd you like that i loved it mm-hmm. uh, not counting into the spider-verse i consider that like neck and neck with spider-man 2 mm-hmm. uh just because spider-man 2 is like one of my favorite movies ever but far from home was really really good just because it gave us a really new take on a uh, new villain we had never seen Mysterio in, like, any of the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people didn't know, like, his backstory and stuff, too, so I felt... Right. They kind of... It almost felt like two movies to me. It, it really like, did. The first part was kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, that's it. Like, he gives him the uh, the glasses, uh-huh. Tony's glasses, and I was like, okay, that could, it could have ended there, it yeah. seemed like. And then all of a sudden, the switch yeah, turned, exactly. and then all this you find out all this stuff about Mysterio and the people mm-hmm. he's working with, and you're like, whoa. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, so like, that just happened, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, um... But it's cool, man, just because I think Marvel told that perfectly, because mm-hmm. that's exactly how Mysterio started off in the comics. Mm-hmm. He goes from trying to be a good guy and then just switches it up right away. Mm-hmm. So it was cool seeing that and how they used... The only thing I didn't like about it is they used Tony Stark way too much, mm-hmm. right? Like, even in Homecoming, um, Tombs, the uh, Vulture, he was, right. he was mad at Tony and kind of, like, did the little, like... In, in the shadow stuff, like, yeah, yeah. as like making the illegal weapons, and uh, this movie you see it completely like similar in terms of they're doing something with Tony Stark related, like the binary augmented frame retro yeah, frame yeah, yeah. thing, <laughs> the barf glasses. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you see that connecting still, and right. I personally want like someone just like against Peter, you know, not just yeah. against Tony and like taking it out of Peter. Right, because all those people had motives. They used to either exactly. like work with him, mm-hmm. even Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Mysterio. Yeah. So like they all had some form of tie exactly. with Tony, and that's why they were motivated by Which him. is funny, too, because like, I remember they brought in the guy from Iron Man 1 mm-hmm. when like Obadiah and Stane in the first movie yells at him. He's like, Tony Stark built this in a cave yeah. with a box of scraps. <laughs> yeah. And the guy just got yelled at. Like, it's not like Tony like put him to shame or something. Right, right. It's like, Tony just was minding his business. <laughs> but that guy's like, you know what? Screw Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so that to me was funny. I'm like, well, why are you mad about that? Right. Uh, even like the guy at the school when he spoke uh, in Civil War, mm. like he just felt neglected or ignored mm-hmm. which i see why but like i wouldn't try creating mass murder yeah that, you know no, not <laughs> hell like, no. Yeah, it's like oh damn he's just a dick mm-hmm. it was like oh no let's let's screw this guy uh, so seeing those kind of characters was kind of interesting i mean i understand where mysterio was coming from mm-hmm. but those other side characters are kind of funny to me just because like Dude, I see the connecting pieces, but yeah. it makes no sense to me. Right, it was kind of a, it was a stretch. Exactly, sure. it, was, it was like, dude, you Mr. Fantastic with that stretch? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's cool, though, just because Mysterio played, or Jake Gyllenhaal actually played a really great Mysterio. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's like t- an old, like, trustworthy face, Exactly, you know what I mean? and there's times where, like, I was rooting for him, I was like, wait, this guy's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's times where I started hating him, I was like, dude, mm-hmm. I hate this guy. But as a villain, if you can make the audience hate you, you're doing a pretty darn good job. Right. So, um, I thought he played a really good mm-hmm. Mysterio. Um, other than that, I, I love the story storyline of it. Mm-hmm. I like how Peter Parker is trying to get out of Tony Stark's like shadow. Right. And you see him kind of grow into this, like... You see him struggling with that the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And then you see him in, becoming his own like person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like the cool pep talk that Happy gave him, so that part was like obviously the turning, uh, turning point in the entire movie. Yeah. So that was fun to see, just because you see Spider Man like okay, let's let's man up now. Yeah. So. But even with all the ties to Tony, there was even the scene where like they're in the jet going back to mm-hmm. um, where Mysterio is, and 
Peter Parker, he's building the suit, mm-hmm. and Happy puts on the music, and I believe it's ACDC, correct? Yeah. That's what Tony Stark used to like, too. Uh-huh. He's like, <laughs> Peter Parker, he's just like, oh, man, I love Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and it's just like, you know what I mean? So it's, it shows, like, he's, like, that youthful character who has, like, a funny spin. Yeah. Because Tony was funny, but he was also, like, kind of a douche, right? Yeah. Where Peter is, like, this very innocent kid. You know, you see mm-hmm. his, like, his struggles, like, of just even talking to Zendaya. Yeah. Uh, Zendaya's character, where... Tony, like, I had no problem talking to girls, and yeah. you know, I was very rude with them, that kind of stuff. He's so a playboy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's just kind of, like, the different styles, and I really liked even just the whole deception of the Mysterio's background, right, where mm-hmm. it's, like, you know, after the snap, it opened up, you know, when we took the, the Infinity Stones from different mm-hmm. areas, it opened up different universes, and I'm this person from a different universe, yeah. um, multiverse, and that's going to tie in with, the, I'm sure, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. and um, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. So it was just the whole storyline was really cool. Like I said, it just it felt like the first half was a whole movie on itself, and then it just took like a huge turn. I love like, you know, being on like the edge of my seat because like I did not yeah. see that coming at all. Yeah, it was it was fun to see that just because like you hear the oohs and ahs in mm-hmm. the crowd. So, I mean, I was expecting Marvel to go a little bit different with this too, just because in Captain Marvel they portrayed this girls to be the bad guys mm-hmm. but it turns out they're just refugees like trying to seek a home so you see that happening and it's like oh maybe like they're gonna try doing a different twist with Mysterio but that's why I said Jake Gyllenhaal played it so perfectly is like at a time you're rooting for him mm-hmm. it's like he just wants to get back to his world yeah. or he doesn't want this world to crash and burn mm-hmm. but all that's just like a deception right mm-hmm. so that part to me was really cool just because he played that so perfectly mm-hmm. um and now when i think about it, i'm like who could have played mr like better yeah no <laughs> for real he played it really well right yeah. um so i really enjoyed that piece uh other than that the side characters like mj being a big part of peter's life was cool too because mm-hmm. um you see peter parker in his like ultimate like self just because he's this awkward, shy dude, mm-hmm. never had luck with girls. Uh, so you see Tom Holland play Peter Parker pretty good with that, just because he's not sure how to talk to Zendaya. Mm-hmm. And you see him getting jealous a lot of the times. Yes. So he's like... <laughs> to the point where he almost called the airstrike. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you see him getting jealous a lot, uh, which is kind of cool, because like that's something relatable to a lot of guys like growing up yeah uh we all have that high school crush we all have that like jealous mm-hmm. standpoint against some guy so it's funny seeing that uh, because even in toby Maguire's spider-man's you see him playing that mm-hmm. same awkward right um shy spider-man because that's what spider-man is yeah. exactly yeah. he's something relatable for all teens yeah which is the cool coolest thing so that to me was kind of cool um like this cool side story of it just because she says like oh i noticed you because you're spider-man then you mm-hmm. see like him like come on man yeah he's all disappointed he's like oh okay. <laughs> he's like oh okay but it was cool because they played that really well too mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't too much lovey-dovey but it wasn't like too little of it too so i think they played that just right mm-hmm. i liked how she wasn't like a damsel in distress though mm. Because right. she was the one who helped Peter figure out the right. dro- uh, she drone didn't need situation or anything. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, she was kind of more like curious on her own. Mm-hmm. So it was cool seeing that aspect. Because uh, MJ and like pretty much MJ and Gwen Stacy and pretty much all the other Spider Mans are always in like trouble. <laughs> right, right. So it was, I was happy to see that she wasn't like, oh, I'm in trouble. I need you to help me. Mm-hmm. Other than that. I really enjoyed the soundtrack too. Mm. The score, the oh, score yeah. was great. Um, it kind of gives you like that innocent Spider-Man feel. Mm-hmm. So, the reason why I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man is because he reminds me of those cartoon Spider-Man so much. Mm. Like the quick, quick-witted jokes, um, just being like too talkative during fights. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, you're not supposed to talk this much in the fight, but he's just blabbering away. Right. Uh, even being awkward or like putting on like the he puts on those uh, Mardi Gras mask in oh, Europe, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you see him being that quick-witted self. So mm-hmm. it's it's cool seeing that from Tom Holland. Yeah, it was a fun movie too, and I like the overall message too, as far as like him losing his Spidey mm-hmm. senses in the beginning, right? Yeah. And then he has to basically find himself again yeah. when he fights Mysterio in that last scene, and 
that's how he's able to overcome it. But yeah, I just like that. The whole movie was really fun, especially coming off of Endgame. Like it needed a, I think Marvel needed a big movie or mm-hmm. to you know like what's next for the, exactly. the chapter because you know there's no Tony Stark and Captain America's not going to be the same yeah. and all these characters are kind of like who's going to step up yeah. kind of thing. And so I really like Far From Home. Yeah, what's funny is like Far From Home still considered to be in the Infinity Saga, mm-hmm. like the first twenty-two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically, there's that chapter just ended, so okay. there's a new chapter coming out. Mm-hmm. But uh, just like we you said, everyone's like wondering, oh, what's going to happen after Endgame? And I think they told that pretty well too. Like they explained the blip <laughs> mm-hmm. where people come back, yeah, which was a like, kind of funny scene because like you see them playing basketball game, then the band people show up, again. yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 they kind of, they kind of show that a little funny side to it, mm-hmm. even though it's like half the population gone. Right, like there's no explanation. <laughs> exactly, for it. like, it's no, like, oh, like, the general public's not informed. Exactly, at all. it's like I remember in Endgame, uh, Black Widow's like, oh yeah, governments are in shambles, mm-hmm. like all this different stuff, and you just see like the blip happens, like oh back to normal. Yeah, yeah, like so, okay, like <laughs> exactly half the population came back and no reaction. But they did uh, kind of explain one of my questions i remember in our last podcast together mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about when like the five years gone like what happens to the people that come back right like, why is peter parker still in high school mm-hmm. so i think they did a good yeah. job of explaining that too it was like oh even though this person was 13 now is 18 mm-hmm. like some people left with the younger siblings now the younger siblings older yeah so i think they did explain that a little bit nicely nicely just because they mentioned how uh, they're still going to be in high school mm-hmm. um, and you see Peter and Ned just talking about it like oh what mm-hmm. the heck <laughs> exactly because even I forgot the, the character's name but the other guy who was going after MJ mm-hmm. he was the five years younger right yeah, exactly and he, he didn't get blipped or mm-hmm. you know he didn't vanish so yeah. he grew up and they're like you know like this kid used to be dark exactly. and stuff like that like, <laughs> you know and so it's just they still remember him from mm-hmm. their last memory but he had like the whole life exactly. experience in those five years and grew up into mm-hmm. that age so it's kind of it's kind of funny. Yeah, I think it would have been cool if they like played more with that in terms of people growing up in the five years when everyone else was gone. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a cool like little side story to just mention, just because it was obviously a dark time. Mm-hmm. Like half the world's in shambles. Like what's happening? Half the Avengers are like missing too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a scary time for everyone. Right. But I mean, it's cool. Like that. I understand why they didn't do it, but. I think it would have been a cool side story just to mention. No, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So transitioning to another Disney movie, another one that came out this year, Lion King, live action came mm-hmm. out in July, and again, it created a lot of buzz, but how, how, how did you feel about watching that movie? I personally loved it. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like it. I had a few complaints on my own, but I personally liked it just because it was cool. It, Lion King's one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. animated, uh, the animated one was one of my favorite movies. Um, it's one of my favorite story storylines. One of my favorite like characters. All those different things. Mm-hmm. So I personally like the live action a lot. I know the biggest complaints about it was like the the faces on the animals, yeah. like yeah. not having many reactions to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that one was a big complaint. <laughs> Another complaint was a couple of the voice actors weren't as great. Mm-hmm. Um. Other than that, like a couple of songs seem like out of place and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Or they're cut short or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. Exactly. And me personally, I didn't have a problem with the whole um, emotions with the animals mm-hmm. because I see why Disney kind of, or John Favreau, the director, kind of played that safely, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's telling it from an animal's point of view. Yeah. And if you see his last movie, The Jungle Book, like a couple of the animals don't have those same reactions either mm-hmm. which is completely normal it's like you're not gonna see a tiger freak or a lion freaking smiling or something yeah, right yeah, of course so it's like I, I didn't have a problem with that i thought it was cool just mm-hmm. having those like lions being so realistic yeah um i like that standpoint but i did have a problem with a couple of voice actors oh yeah who um hot take <laughs> <laughs> hot take i did not like uh, Donald Donald Glover as Simba. Okay. Nor Beyonce as not. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of her either. The only reason is because their voice seemed really out of sync with mm-hmm. like who Simba and Nala are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even as like cliche as it was, like Nala leading that charge, like 
I just didn't buy into that. I was like, I mean, I get what you're trying to do, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't fully like like that entire aspect of it. Um, but Beyonce's voice kind of kept throwing me off. I, was like, <laughs> I, I, I can't. Right? It's like I can't with this. Mm-hmm. Um, even Donald Glover had his moments too. When when you see Simba growing up with Timon and Pumbaa, mm-hmm. you see when he first delivers that line, I was like. Oh, what the? <laughs> it's like you notice that changed right away. Yeah, exactly. It's like you go from a really innocent lion to like, oh, what the hell just they happened? Just skipped puberty. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. But in an interesting uh, perspective, too, he also played like it really well just because if you're going up with these two knuckleheads of Timon and Pumbaa, you are going to be like a lot more chill, mm-hmm. chilled out. So, because he goes from like, I want to be the king to like, no, I don't want to be the king. He's yeah. just like super chill about it. Mm hmm. Uh, so seeing that was cool too from The Lion King uh, the score in my opinion Hans Zimmer my favorite composer so mm-hmm. that was obviously had me like excited for uh, especially in the, like, the last battle with uh, Scar a mm-hmm. couple other like key points like when Mufasa dies in the yeah. scene like Hans Zimmer does know how to play that like score really well. Right. So uh, I remember like almost turning on like, oh god. I know, like I knew it was coming, but it's still exactly. Made me sad. I was just like, you just see Simba's reaction. I'm just like, damn man, like stop. Yeah. Like, Why would I do this again? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great like when you look at classic Disney movies, mm-hmm. Lion King's up there, right along yeah. the top, best storylines or one of the best storylines. But I knew it'd be difficult just because like as compared to the other live action movies that they mm-hmm. did from Beauty and the Beast or even Jungle Book yeah. Lion King has like no humans in it right I mean exactly. I know Jungle Book just has Mowgli mm-hmm. that's kind of it and then the villagers at the end yeah. but you know this was the first one that's like all animals so mm-hmm. all, a lot of CGI and stuff yeah. like that and so the voice characters for me I really liked Pumbaa yeah. but I felt like Pumbaa was kind of him- handicapped by Timon he was voiced by we just looked it up Billy Eichner yeah Billy Eichner yeah and I just feel like it took away a little bit from Seth Rogen because I thought mm-hmm. Seth Rogen was really good for Pumbaa. You know, yeah, he, he was perfect. Like yeah, Pumbaa. but in like the cartoon version, the animated version, they both play off each other so mm-hmm. well. So I felt like I didn't like the the Timon side mm-hmm. of the thing, which kind of like you know didn't do it for me. But I I, I did like I didn't like um, Nala as Beyonce as well, or Beyonce yeah. as Nala, the mm-hmm. older Nala. I did like like you said, Donald Glover, very laid back. It yeah. kind of seemed like a natural fit for him. But as far as, yeah, that transition from, you know, young Simba to older Simba, yeah. a little different for me. Other than that, though, I didn't have any too much, too much problems. I did, when you talk about, like, faces and stuff, yeah. I felt like uh, Scar, you know, like, he was a pretty, yeah, pretty ugly lion. Yeah. They did him dirty, for sure. And uh, some of the hyenas look kind of, you know, like, yeah. wonky <laughs> as well. But I had no problem with their voice, like, the voice actors who played them, like Keegan, Mike, and Keel, yeah. and, and uh, some of the other ones. So it, it was it was solid overall. Yeah, I, I really like Keegan Michael Keel. Let's just say Keegan Peel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he he did a really good job just because uh, he played that character funny, mm-hmm. and hyenas are the are those people that are like funny but also dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of see that uh, transition pretty well too, because mm-hmm. you see Eric Andre as one of the hyenas, and they played off each other really well, right? Because there was so many times, like, dude, there's so much space here. You got to sit next to me. And that's really relatable as a sibling, right? It's like, yeah. dude, really? Like, there's so many spaces throughout the house. You just have to sit right next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. Uh, I like the whole uh, hyena situation, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot who else it was, but she was in the Black Panther movie, and she played the mm. Shenz. Uh, I forgot the name of that character. Shenzi. Shenzi, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she plays Shenzi, and I thought that was a cool fit, just because Shenzi's a bit more serious. So you see these uh, hyenas play like in a very sibling manner. Mm-hmm. So like Shenzi's the oldest sibling, like tired of everyone's crap, like yeah. but making sure everyone's on top of their stuff. Then like the two goofballs mm-hmm. are like just messing around half the time. Yeah. Even at the point when they try to kill Simba, they're just like, let's just say he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> like, you know I mean? like, yeah, just say he's dead. <laughs> Which is hilarious because like that comes to bite them in the butt next time. Uh-huh. But uh, it was cool seeing that dynamic because you see like siblings, and that's pretty much what Lion King's all about, like entire mm-hmm. family. Uh, Rafiki like bringing you back, mm. um, telling like Simba like 
this isn't your life, you know, mm. like you got bigger shoes to fill. Yeah. Speaking of which, I was really disappointed. I'm sure you saw it too on social media. It seemed like a lot of people on social media are upset, but Rafiki's scene where he hits yeah. Simba over the head with the, mm-hmm. his club, right? And then the exactly. second time, you know, he, he swings and then Simba ducks. But he's like, yeah. you know, like, is it a really important lesson where something along the lines where like, yes, the past can hurt, but you have to learn from mm-hmm. it. And that's when he swings again. And exactly. that's when Simba ducks. But I, I, you know, like that's such a huge, I remember from the animated, you know, that was one of my favorite lines yeah. and favorite like quotes from it. Cause when Facebook first started, you know, there was like pages yeah, of like exactly. movie quotes. You can, exactly. I remember liking that <laughs> yeah. one, you know? So that the fact that they left it out kind of hurt me a little bit. I was a little salty about it. No, me too. Just because there's so many similar and identical lines, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a scene I was waiting for. Yeah. Because that was a turning point in the animated movie. Right. That's when he's like, yeah, who am I? And then he looks at the mm-hmm. uh, stars and just mm-hmm. sees Mufasa. So... I totally agree with you. I was mad about that. I was like, come on, man. That's yeah. one of the coolest scenes. And um, it, I think it would have been a cool scene just to like pay homage to it, too. Of course. So I was, I was salty, too. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. And, of course, getting James Earl Jones to voice Mufasa, that was that was huge. Props. Perfect. You know, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Like, you couldn't... I don't think it would have been the same if anyone else had voiced him. No, 100%. The only person I could ever think of being close to it is like maybe Idris Elba mm. just because he has that dark yeah uh, like he can have that raspy voice, voice right mm-hmm. uh, but James Earl Jones like ultimate just like the complete Mufasa that you like want to hear yeah so it was perfect it's just his voice hits different <laughs> exactly man. it's just like Simba <laughs> it's like, I was like damn I was like damn okay I'm a little kid all over again yeah for real no man speaking of which man that, that just that scene where you know Scar kills Mufasa, that was that was tough, man. Even yeah. still, like even knowing it was coming, exactly. Ah, yeah, it hurts. But I did like in the anime movie. I think he was um, Jeremy Irons plays Scar, mm-hmm. and Jeremy Irons has a pretty good dark, uh, raspy voice as well, mm-hmm. where he talks talks pretty deep. He talks pretty slow too, and that's pretty much scar mm-hmm. like a patient dude who's trying to like wait for his moment to yeah uh, so I really like Jeremy Irons playing that I can't pronounce the guy's name mm-hmm. but Mortar from <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Strange Shuadol yeah. I, I honestly would butcher that name <laughs> but, uh, I liked him I liked him as scar just because he did very similar to Jeremy Irons with playing a slow uh, pauses and stuff like that which kind of makes you, which kind of makes you scared in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay, like I wonder what he's up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell he's like suspicious, but you can also tell like you just can't tell if he's being serious or not. Yeah, exactly. So they and, definitely they definitely cut out his song to the beware. Exactly. Um, beware. You know what I mean? When he was singing with the hyenas, like uh-huh. in the animated version, it's a whole like you know musical number. Exactly. And then it kind of really didn't get musical until like the last two lines and exactly like, oh that was it like, exactly okay. I was like oh okay that's, yeah. that's fun <laughs> I really wanted him to like say the I'm surrounded by idiots song yeah <laughs> just because that line's so great yeah um, but I really like some of the songs that they remade too like um, I Can't Wait to Be King yeah um, I remember loving that in the animated movie mm-hmm. but just hearing that out is like you see all the animals coming together or you see like them mm-hmm. going away from Zazu and it was kind of a fun little story in that song. Of course, yeah, because that was one part I was looking forward to how they did that mm-hmm. because I was talking about it with my girlfriend before we saw the movie. In the animated one, like all the animals stack yeah. up on each other at the exactly. end, right? Like, but we knew that's not going to happen, mm-hmm. so I was interested to in seeing how they did it. But exactly. I liked how they portrayed it, where they're all by the the watering hole essentially, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of dancing and they're dodging. Yeah. It's easy, so it was it was cool. And what's funny is uh, you also mentioned like how they cut a couple of the stories short too, mm-hmm. or a couple of the songs short too. And one of the songs that I really loved was In the Jungle. Mm. So I loved it when Pumbaa and Timon are just singing it. You see all the animals coming out, yeah. like the lemurs, all the different like animals just joining in. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Nala comes in. Yeah, right? yes. <laughs> Pumbaa's like, am I dead? <laughs> uh, but that entire... That song is just hits different too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that. That song, not to, is not only one of my favorite songs from childhood, but it's also like one of my nephew's favorite songs too. Mm-hmm. So I love just listening to that song with my nephew too, mm-hmm. and it just hits different, like you mentioned. So it's it's cool. Uh, it's cool that 
those songs were put in, but I didn't like how it was cut short. Yeah. Overall, like, I feel like I'm nitpicking here and there, but mm -hmm. overall, it was really well done. I, it was a solid yeah. job to do the live action. Like, it's not an easy movie to do, right? No, There's 100%. so many standards, so many, you know, expectations, but yeah. overall, I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, John Favreau, like, he was the one who directed the first Iron Man and the second Iron Man, right? Yeah. Uh, I had faith. I was like, this guy delivered a Jungle Book. I don't see him, like, having a problem with Lion King. Exactly. Um, but that was, like, a big complaint. Like, it was too similar to the... Uh, animated version of it mm -hmm. which I didn't have too much of a problem with I was like mm -hmm. I mean it's fine just yeah. because uh, it was just remaking it into a live action mm -hmm. which was kind of the point but a lot of people liked Aladdin or um, even, even Beauty and the Beast right. movies like those even Dumbo mm -hmm. a oh lot yeah of, a, a lot of big different liked, twists yeah. exactly a lot of people liked the different twists on those movies mm -hmm. um, whereas Lion King was very similar to the animated right but it's hard to, like like I said earlier too like just with the lack of like human actors mm -hmm. it's just it's kind of tough right it's exactly all CGI. Yeah. It's, I just and Lion King like you don't want to go too far off of it because I don't know it's like it's such a classic I feel like if you tampered with it too much mm -hmm. people even more people would get upset exactly. you know what I mean so it's it's kind of like it's a huge risk <laughs> yeah you're like skating on thin ice right yeah. there but uh I remember reading the CGI was so well done that they only used like one like real shot mm. and that was towards the beginning of the movie uh, when Simba's being in, like uh, introduced to the world mm. um, but in that scene where you that's like the only picture that they use mm. that's like the only live real thing other than that all of it was CGI oh, okay and I love John Favreau just because his CGI movies are really well done. Mm -hmm. um, even in the Iron Man movies, like you can tell, like that looks pretty real. Yeah, and that's like 2008. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. So it was early back yeah, then. Exactly. So it was really good CGI for a movie that early. Mm -hmm. um, so I personally had like I loved the CGI with a lot of the backgrounds, a lot of the different scenes. Mm -hmm. um, I remember, I remember being like. Dang, that's a really good CGI scene just because it's not easy to, like, uh, show those different sides of it. Yeah. I think it was a final battle with Scar just because you see the fires. The fires, and yes. You see all yeah, these different, like, aspects. that's what I was about to say, too. Even in the Elephant Graveyard, too, that was very, yeah. like, you know. Like, the smokiness, mm -hmm. all that. Um, I thought that was really good. Mm -hmm. And, obviously, like you mentioned, like, how are you going to do that without no humans? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's tough. So, it was cool just because, like, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. um, but... I personally love the movie a lot. Are there any other live-action Disney movies that are coming out on Slate? Um, Mulan. Oh, that's I right. Think Mulan's that's this year, Mulan's, right? Yeah, I think Mulan's going to be in November or mm -hmm. so. But that one looks interesting, too. They're probably going to put a twist on that one, too, I think. Yeah, a lot of the key characters aren't there as well. Like, oh, okay. um, uh, What's the Red Dragon's name? Mushu? Oh, he's not gonna yeah, be he's not going to be in it. Because they're trying to do, uh, they're trying to do a more historical standpoint. Of oh, okay. It. So it was like the actual Chinese history of it, mm -hmm. which is cool, just because you don't really see that in Mulan. You mm -hmm. see it like completely <laughs> different with the, like. There's no red red dragon in real life, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I see why they're going away from Mushu and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I would have liked him to be there just because like Jasmine has Raja, like uh, Beauty and the Beast. You have like. The other characters, the silverware, right? Exactly. Yeah, you, you have the cups and the yeah. teapots and stuff like that. Uh, so I think that was a key character, but mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how they play it off with the historic standpoint. Mm -hmm. But Aladdin was Aladdin was pretty good. Yeah, I, I, like I liked Aladdin. Um, my brother hated it just because a lot of singing. Oh, but it's yes, a musical, yes, right? Yes. That's how uh, most old. I think we forget how much like exactly. Because exactly. even when I went to go see Moana. Moana no, I butchered <laughs> Moana. Um, I remember, like, you know, after we singing, I was like, why was there so much singing? But then you look yeah. back at some of the other movies, like, there was a good amount of singing, too. Exactly. It was just a little different version, right? And you were a kid, no. so you were a little bit more acceptable with the mm -hmm. singing. No, I personally, like, it's a musical, so I knew what I was getting myself into. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't going to be like, oh, it's going to be singing here and there, or like that yeah. iconic song. But there were times where it was too much singing, right? Because <laughs> there's times when, like, someone calls Aladdin a street rat and you just start singing about yeah. it too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, man, you don't have to sing about everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, so there's kind of some points where it's like, God dang it, another song? Yeah. <laughs> but 
like I said, it's a musical. It's what you're signing up for. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know what you're getting into. Exactly. So I didn't have a problem with that. But I really loved Will Smith as his genie. Oh, so, did you? Nice. Because I think Robin Williams would have been like proud of how he played genie, mm-hmm. just because he brought that whole shebang. Mm-hmm. And like the Fresh Prince, like, yeah, yeah, it to... seemed like he had his own style to it. But exactly. I, I agree with you. I think I don't think there's anyone that's better that could have done it no, as good as Will Smith. You know what I mean? And obviously, you know, Robin Williams is a little mm-hmm. different than Will Smith's, but I like his like flavor and the style, like in the hip hop exactly. that he put into it. You know, and I also like how they like show what Genie's up to like afterwards, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the new girl uh, that Genie goes for and like oh, lives yeah. a life with. Uh, it was an interesting take, but it was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. Huh? <laughs> it was like it made it more human. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which was which makes sense why Aladdin would like wish him for freedom, right? Mm-hmm. But in live actions, I still got to put Jungle Book as number one for me. Right, Jungle Book, and then Lion King is up there too. But Jungle Book is always going to hold that spot. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really a big fan of the animated Beauty and the Beast version, but I remember mm-hmm. watching the live action yeah. Beauty and the Beast. I was like, wow, they did. A really well, like a really mm-hmm. good job of it. So I, I kind of like that one. That's probably like two for me. Even yeah. though I don't really like the storyline as much, mm-hmm. just like the way they did it and everything. I was like, wow, this is no, hundred percent. Because that came out in what twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. and I think Maleficent was the first like live action like, mm. Disney movie, right? Right. Uh, Maleficent and Cinderella. I I remember Cinderella not doing so well, mm-hmm. uh, but Beauty and the Beast was kind of like bringing it up again, just because Emma Watson. Yeah, and I freaking love them a lot. Yeah, so I was like, of course. I'm excited for this movie now. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was well done too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you kind of get Jungle Book. You get these other live action movies, and it's like, oh, okay, like these are getting better and better. Yeah, they're picking it up. Uh, and that's why Jungle Book to me is like pretty darn good too, just because it it was it had enough of the animated one, mm-hmm. but it had a new like of course uh, yeah. take on it. Yeah, and that was one of my favorite, like, I think that that was probably my favorite animated mm-hmm. Disney movie back then, so I yeah. was really excited to see it. I really like, you know, Christopher Walken voicing the exactly. orangutan, you know, so it was just, they, they, did, they did really well with that one. They had a really, a lot of great voice actors. Yeah. There. Like, Idris Elba being uh, Shere Khan was so yes, perfect. Right. It's like, I was scared, bro. <laughs> yeah. I was scared for Mowgli at a certain point. <laughs> I was like, bro, run away. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, man. No, I feel you. Is there any other older classic Disney movies that they haven't done a live action for yet that you'd like to see? Um, not off the top of my head. I can't think of too many. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the most iconic or most old school one, Snow White. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be cool to see like a new take on it just because there's so many different ways you can go about that movie right. as well. Um, I'm not sure about the Seven Dwarves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little creepy in live action, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be a little creepy too. Really like. creepy, yeah. But I think that'd be a cool take too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snow White, um, Cinderella. Even though they already did a live action, I think a better storyline would be nicer. Mm-hmm. Just because a lot of people love Cinderella and stuff. So, mm-hmm. and I feel like they've done a lot of there's. While it may not be tied with Disney, there's like a lot of Cinderella stories. It's like yeah, movies out there. You know what I mean, I know Selena Gomez was in one, and then mm-hmm. a few other Disney like uh, like Ashley Tidsdale may have done one too. So you yeah. know, like there was a lot like just growing up. It's kind of yeah, like yeah, a flooded sure. market. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm happy that they did Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, uh, even though I just recently just saw it, I I liked it. It was, it was a cool take, mm-hmm. um, especially like the whole feminist empowerment stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I see why they went that route. Uh, it was cool seeing all those little new twists and turns as well. And like I mentioned, Lion King, like you see Nala leading a charge. Yeah. So you see like a lot of the female empowerment uh, going with Disney and Marvel in general too. Right. So with like the female empowerment, I think it'd be cool to see like a Lilo and Stitch. You know. Yeah. That, that'd be really cool. I don't know how they do Stitch, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that'd be fun as well. Just because you know the whole whole sister bonding mm-hmm. and you can. I forgot the character's name right now. This um, Leela is it at the uh, the older sister, right? Right. The older I sister. believe so. Okay. Not not hundred percent sure, <laughs> but um, now that you mentioned Leela and Stitch, I don't know if you've seen uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, I have not. No. 
just because I I remember seeing like a little piece in the trailer about like the Hawaiian and Samoan culture, right? Mm-hmm. So I think Lilo and Stitch would be pretty cool just because they would mention that a little bit too. Of course, a little bit more. And even though Moana recently just came out with the animated version, like, mm-hmm. I think that'd be a cool live action movie too, mm-hmm. just because they could play that really well with the CGI with the water and all that mm-hmm. different stuff. And Rock could reprise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he could be right back. And in Rock it. could do. He could still keep his pace of like ten exactly. movies a year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I really liked Rock, the Rock and Moana too. Just yeah. Like, no, he's he's really talented. I was talking about it with. Um, I had to get my car towed the other day, but we we're talking about how like the Dwayne, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson from mm-hmm. like you know the entertainer as a wrestler. Yeah, so as now a like he's you know he started out in his movies here and there, and mm-hmm. I remember like the first one. That really caught my attention that he did really well like not just like he wasn't just this big bad mm-hmm. like ruthless football player or anything like right but it was um i think it was hit, was it no pain no gain or something like that where it was with mark Wahlberg. yeah yeah and mark Wahlberg were like their bodybuilders uh-huh. right and they have to like they try and pull off a heist and it's exactly. based off a true story and Dwayne the rock johnson's character in that movie was like this guy who was a man of God, mm-hmm. and he, but he was huge. I forgot, like, he served some time, but he was a man of God, and then I guess, like, the priest tried to, like, you know, touch him, and he, mm-hmm. had, like, he accidentally killed him because he, yeah. you know, he wasn't with that. And, but it was kind of cool, like, how he, like, he was a bad guy, but at the same time, like, he didn't want to do time. He was kind of, like, exactly. scared, you know? So it, it was cool. Like, that was my first movie. I was like, wow, like, Dwayne the Rock has, like, range, you know, not range, mm-hmm. but his versatility. He could do different things. Yeah. And, and you see, like, all the stuff he's doing now from the kids' movies. He even He's done a few kid movies even before this mm-hmm. that were Disney. Um, there was one where he was a tooth fairy, right? Am I wrong? Uh, yeah. 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 It might have been just, like, a Disney Channel exclusive, but I remember uh, that one, too. Yeah, I remember. Sure. I think it was, like, wearing a tutu or something. Yeah, like. no, I remember yeah, that. I was like, why is he doing this again? But... You know, props to him. He's hustling. He's he's no, yeah. hard. He's the there. highest paid actor now. Yeah, like, of the year. Um, From San Andreas, uh, skyscraper. Yeah, all those. Yeah, a lot of people complain that he is one sided mm-hmm. with his movies. A lot of action, even Hobbs and Shaw too. Like I yeah. can see. Like, I, I saw it in the commercial man him pulling the helicopter. Like yeah, it's like <laughs> even though it's like you see a lot of that whole like he's utilizing that mm-hmm. uh, industry a lot. But there are a couple movies where he has done a good job of being, like, a different range. Mm-hmm. Like, in the newest... I don't know if you caught the new trailer for um, Jumanji, but... Mm, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah, you see him, like, kind of play Danny DeVito. Yeah. And he actually did pretty good, just right. because, like, I didn't think The Rock had it in him to do that. <laughs> no, I was no. like, oh, okay, that's, that's a cool take, you know? Yeah. I was like, I'm interested to see that. That was a lot of fun to watch that movie. Exactly. But I think he and Kevin Hart have that dynamic like really well mm-hmm. uh, he utilizes comedy a lot mm-hmm. so it's cool seeing that um, other than that uh, I would like to see a live action Moana mm-hmm. even though it's not like a old school real yeah it's not a cl- like classic, classic yet one. but uh, I think with time probably in the next 10-12 years they'll probably yeah, even start making it even Frozen I see happening soon too, oh yeah just because those two were probably so popular mm-hmm. um the only reason why I'm salty about Frozen is because Big Hero 6 was like a phenomenal movie, mm. but it got overshadowed by Frozen, right? Yeah. So, other than that, I think it's going to be cool seeing like all these Disney remakes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think Disney had mentioned that they're going to be doing a lot more live actions with the um, with like Disney Plus and stuff like that, too. Oh, okay. That's cool. So, yeah, that's a whole like new thing that mm-hmm. just... Have they released it or launched it yet? Uh, Disney Plus, I think, comes out in November. Okay. So, like, all the iconic movies, all those different, um, mm-hmm. uh, like, Star Wars, Marvel, um, all the things that Disney owns, just to show that yeah. they're a monopoly. Yes, <laughs> really. Because I think even ESPN Plus is yeah, a ESPN part of Yeah, ESPN will be a part of it, too. So, I was just like, man, like, the things that Disney owns is exactly. crazy. Exactly. It's crazy, man. Just <laughs> like, I, even though I work in downtown Disney, just, like, walking by is, like, it used to be ESPN's, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it used to be part of, like, mm-hmm. it's still part of Disney. It's just crazy to think about, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, ABC7, all those different aspects are part of Disney. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Star Wars series now, mm-hmm. too. So it's just like, wow. Yeah, it's like, dude, they have two of the biggest, like, industries right now, like Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah. So they have Star Wars with the old school. And, they and have then sports, there's like the major sports thing. Exactly. They have a like, major, fuck. like, sports thing. So it's, they're hitting it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smart investing by them. Yeah, 100%. Even though it's a monopoly. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> 
Well, thanks again, man, for helping on the podcast. I appreciate you inviting me out, man. Mm-hmm. Um, always an honor to talk about Spider-Man and stuff like that. It's yeah, looking fun. forward to the upcoming movies that we're going to be talking about. This weekend's D23, too, so I expect a couple new things mm. being released, um, especially tomorrow, since tomorrow's Saturday, like the Marvel Day is going to be at D23. Um, I hope they continue negotiations throughout this week just because I'm sure they will yeah I'm sure they will just because there's Spider-Man right opening up in California Adventure mm-hmm. uh, even like having a Spider-Man standing there is gonna be like a little awkward right <laughs> so it's like oh you can't be in the movies <laughs> it's like you're you're allowed to stand there but you're not allowed to mingle with the other Avengers basically so yeah. that's kind of how it is right but it's gonna be interesting just cause I hope I want to see like progression mm-hmm. as a Marvel fan too yeah me too looking forward to it yeah, 100%. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the My Mike and I podcast. I am Noah Alvarez. Again, just a reminder, this podcast is available on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. I think I said SoundCloud twice. Maybe I did it, maybe I did it. But maybe be sure to leave a rating and review. Be sure to follow, like, sh- uh, subscribe, share us with your friends. Really appreciate any support. Also really appreciate Generic Sports for letting me use his instrumentals for the intro and the outro. Really appreciate him. Hope you guys have a safe and fun Labor Day weekend. This is Noah Alvarez of the My Mike and I podcast signing out. Until next time.